Greetings. My name is Linda Talaferro, and this is the Being Brown at Work podcast. I help Black and Brown female professionals confidently and expertly navigate the corporate world so that they can reach new career heights and establish their seat at the table. So whether you're kicking off a new career, leaning in a new direction, or looking to climb the corporate ladder within your current job, I'm here to propel your career forward by giving you an insider's look at cultivating an executive mindset, creating leadership opportunities, establishing an executive presence, and more. So join me every week as I guide you towards becoming a leader in the corporate world and show you how to step into your true power and potential. Greetings, greetings, everyone. Welcome to Being Brown at Work Live. I have to tell you, I think I joined before several months ago from where I'm at, which is beautiful Escondido, California. So I'm not joining you from the Midwest of Michigan like I usually am on Tuesdays, but I'm still going to say the same thing. It's my favorite time of Tuesdays. So this doesn't happen to be 6.30 p.m. It's 3.30 in the afternoon, but it's still my favorite time because I get to share with you yet another phenomenal Black woman that I am honored to say that is in my network, in my space, and she's joining us tonight. And we're talking about a critical subject that we've all talked about, and that is code switching. Some of us do it on a regular. I've raised my hand and said I've been one of those. And there's been a lot of talk lately about whether or not it's detrimental. It's been around, we all know. Code switching's been around for years, been around for years. Uh, I think I just recently read an article online where it was written about in the soul of a black man in the book that was written years and years ago. So it's it's been around longer than I've been alive. And it's really been a mechanism back in that day of survival, frankly. And so as years have gone by, you know, people like Angela, who you're going to meet this evening, has said, you know what? I don't find it necessary and I can still be successful. So she's going to talk to us tonight about her journey to being authentically herself and choosing not just code switch. But first, let me introduce to you this fabulous woman. I'm going to read her bio so you can get to know uh, the phenomenal things that she has done in her career. In her position as vice president and chief diversity officer, Angela Tompkins leads the diversity, equity, and inclusion and strategic talent sourcing teams for Consumers Energy. In this role, Tompkins is responsible for the development and execution of the company's DEI and strategic recruitment strategies. Tompkins also serves as the advisor to the company's employee resource groups. Under her leadership, the company's diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives have been recognized by Forbes, Diversity Inc., Military Times, Best for Vets, Corporate Equality Index, Court Magazine, National Organization on Disability, and she's been featured on the Montel Williams Military Makeover Show, just to name a few. See, told you she's a phenomenal (laughs) woman. She was most recently recognized as the 2020 Michigan Chronicle Women of Excellence Honoree and a 2021 Top Diversity Officer by the Energy Inclusion Conference. Her previous experiences includes various positions within human resources in the automotive and food service industries. 
She's been an automotive lobbyist, trial attorney, and an adjunct professor. Angela Tompkins serves on the board of directors for the Michigan Roundtable for Diversity and Inclusion, the American Association of Blacks and Energy, Michigan, and Power Detroit, and the Advisory Council for the College of Engineering at the University of Michigan. Angela Tompkins holds a bachelor's degree in political science, a Juris Doctorate, and a LLM in labor and employment law. All right, so, I mean, <laughs> what, what else? Now, you guys, you all know that follow me, that, you know, just honored to be in the presence of powerful women, powerful Black women like Angela. Angela, welcome to Brian Brown at Work Live. Thank you so much, Linda. I am so glad to be here. Thank you for having me and know that I look up to you and follow you as a phenomenal woman and hope to be just as successful as you are one day. Oh, you're so sweet. You're so sweet. And we're sore wars. Yes. <laughs> hey, we just discovered that just before we went on live. We are sores of the wonderful Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority. So it's beautiful. You know, Angela, let's just jump right in, you know, because as I shared when I opened this up, a uh, critical topic, critical topic because it's really gotten some more focal attention in the last couple of years. And that has become, unfortunately, this heightened sense of awareness out of a horrific situation last 2020. And so code switching, the presence of it, the necessity, should we, should we not, is now a hot topic. What I would like to kick off with you is, how did you start your journey around that? Did you have some issues around code searching? Well, you know, what, what brought that to the forefront for you personally in your career? Yeah, Linda, you know, I will not sit up here and pretend like it didn't happen to me that I didn't uh, find myself code switching. And what happened for me um, truly is it was exhausting. I got tired. Um, and not only did I get tired, I got tired, I got depressed, I gained a lot of weight, and I lost myself. I didn't know who I was because I was trying to be everything that I thought the environment or the promotion or the next thing wanted or expected of me, that I was no longer myself. And that was extremely exhausting. And it really put me in a place in a space where I didn't I didn't know what I wanted to do next. I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know what was important to me because I was so busy trying uh, to fit in, busy trying to um, assimilate to whatever the environment was, whatever the leader was, the job was. And I just got exhausted and said, I can't do this anymore. And I think what's really important as people go through their own journey, and I didn't realize this at first, but now that I'm mm -hmm. a bit past it, one of the things that I'll share with people is to first define your boundaries, right? All of our boundaries are yes. different. I can sit up here and say, here's what you need to do. But Angela's boundaries as a single person with no kids may be a little bit different than someone else's boundaries. And so for mm -hmm. me, I was willing to, because I've been, look, I'm raised in a middle-class home. Um, had, we weren't fancy, didn't have a lot of money. Um, I struggled financially when I was in college. So I'm not going to say I've, I've been in the gutter, but I've been no, in no. places of right. despair. And I know right. what that feels like. I also know that I was able to climb out of that. And so for me, I was, even if it meant I had to go back to that type of situation, 
I personally was willing to do that, that I did not have to lose myself again. So my boundaries were very clear. Like, I, you know, if I have to go back home and live in my parents' basement (laughs) at 35 (laughs) years old, that's just what I'm going to do. I'm what I won't do is lose myself again for someone else. And so really important for uh, people to understand their own personal boundaries and your boundaries are going to be different than the next person's make no apologies for that. It's your life, your boundaries and you know, whatever those boundaries are, they're okay. Yes, absolutely. So let's dive into this a little bit more. When you say, you know, it was exhausting for you, the assimilation piece. Was it, Angela, something that you created in your mind? Or did you really see evidence of the fact that if I didn't change how I speak, change how I walk, change how I wear my hair, whatever the code switching, whatever degree it took, if I didn't do those things, I know that I know because I see evidence of it, I will not be able to progress in my career. Or were you in your own head about it? For real, in my for own real. head about it. In my own head about it. Totally. Okay. I think in my own head about it from other people. I allow ah. other people's experiences, right, to then define my path, my journey. I didn't Got have it. evidence of it myself. I didn't experience it myself. No one ever told me I needed to straighten my hair. No one ever told. I, no one ever told me that. Even when I think back to how I would dress back in mm. corporate America, I mean, you know, you're. I'm not, you know, just super fly, but <laughs> I am not a conservative wear a suit type of girl. That's just not me. I, that's just not who right. I am. I love bold exactly. colors, you know, to see me in a gray suit or a blue. That's just not Angela. There's nothing no. wrong with that. That is just not my personality. And I was in an environment where I wore a suit to work every day, uncomfortable. Mm. That's not what I wanted to wear. That's not how I came alive. It didn't represent my personality, but because that's what other people were wearing, I thought that's what I needed to wear. But the Uh. most important part of that is other people. They were bringing their personalities, right? So a suit was Mm -hmm. what was comfortable for them. And so Mm -hmm. I, in my mind, like, oh, everybody's wearing a suit. Everybody is not Angela, right? Everybody doesn't want to wear bold colors. Everybody doesn't want to wear big, chunky necklaces, right? And so they were representing what, and because I was a minority in every sense, um, a min- racial and ethnic minority, um, a minority in terms of age, minority in terms of gender. There just weren't a lot of people like me. So of course, mm-hmm. how they represent is probably going to be a little bit different. But I created this story based on other people's experiences, not my own, that I needed to be like everyone else in order to be successful. And that, hence, is your suggestion that is why your recommendation is be intentional about the boundaries. Yes. What fits, for instance, Kelly, this listening right now, wouldn't fit for Angela, wouldn't fit for Linda. Right. Right. So to your point, you just made. So, you know, as you were going through your career, was there a point in time you said you got hired? Had you already acquired the level you were that you had your sights on? So you're a vice president. I mean, had you already reached that or were you still on that journey and you decided, look, I'm tired of being tired. 
So I am going to start showing up within my boundary, within my space, within who I identify as Angela Tompkins and roll with this. Or had you already gotten the seat? You know what I'm saying? Some people would say, yeah. hey, Linda, Angela, it's cool for y'all right now because you're in the seats, right? Yeah. So you can do it. So was that, were you there already or no? No, and I didn't care. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> Angela's boundary. I'm not saying this work is going to yeah. work for everyone else or will be their path, but yeah. I didn't care. I was so, t- and so really committed to myself and my truth mm. that I didn't mm. care. So I aspired, right, to sit in the sure. seat one day, but if it meant I had to be someone else or something else. Now, some people, their boundary may be a little broader than mine, and that may be, and I don't, none of it is wrong. Um, We have to all choose to live our lives authentically. And again, we're, you know, billions of people. So what living authentic is for me is different for you and from someone else. And so for me, though, it was, I didn't care if it meant I that, that maybe that's just not in the path for me. And that was okay. Because what mm-hmm. was most important for me was standing in my truth. And what I can tell you is once I decided to do that, I showed up differently. Uh-huh. I was more confident. I was more comfortable. So I wasn't worried about sitting in the meeting uncomfortable in my suit, right? Because I now yeah. I'm wearing what I want to wear. I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling good. I'm going to speak up. So my confidence changed. Yes. Yes. changed just by me saying, not my knowledge didn't change, right? But it was just right. how I felt, how I showed up. And I think that allowed me to excel, honestly, um, even faster. And one thing I'll point out to everyone that's listening, because I'm sure they hear it, I don't necessarily enunciate uh, my words in a way that, you know, may be expected of a chief diversity officer or someone in my position. But um, as an African-American, culturally, the way we speak or the way I speak, right, is comfortable. I'm very aware of what I'm doing, what I'm saying, how I'm saying it. Again, I've decided that this is what works and what is right for me. So I speak the same way at work as I'm speaking right now. And I'm very aware of that. Um, yeah. I'm also aware of my audience. When people don't know me, if I'm in front of the board, there's certain times where I may need to show up a little bit different. I'm not code switching, but I'm aware of maybe my word choice. Um, yes. Typically for me, I'm a, hey, I'm not a hello, hey. Um, so if I'm in a more formal setting, I won't say, hey, I'll probably hey. say good morning, good afternoon. But the way I enunciate is not going to change. It's just who I who I am and how I choose to talk. Um, yes, I yes. Some people will, depending on their environment. But what I have decided is, if I have to change who I am in order to fit, I don't fit. So I need to go yes. somewhere where I fit. Yeah, go somewhere where you fit. And I think that's so important to say because if we're in toxic environments, and I call them toxic if they don't allow belonging. If they truly don't allow the inclusive piece, right, the inclusion piece, then I call them toxic environments. Mm -hmm. Because if I can't walk in there with my natural hair, if I can't walk in there with, you know, big glasses or whatever it is, right, my nose, who I am and how Mm -hmm. I show up, how I speak 
everything about me that makes me Linda Talavero, yes. then it's a toxic environment, right? Yes. Now, yes. some people would say, okay, well, you speak a certain way. Well, I've always spoke this way, frankly. I mean, mm -hmm. my, the way I speak is different than you. Exactly. My husband gets it all the time. Very dark-skinned Black man. He has a deep vocabulary. And even the Black folks that were, are within his station chastise him. Just mm -hmm. because he, just because the brother has a vocabulary, yeah, but yeah. he's not code switching. That's it's always just, been yes, who yes, he yes. is and walking in that about. But you said something, Angela, I'm so glad you brought it up because what I often talk about is this foundational, the criticality of self-confidence. I mean, you have to have it. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you aspire to the levels that you and I have achieved or if you just want to lead a major initiative or what self-confidence is everything. Mm -hmm. And if code switching is not allowing you to your point, yes. right. Yes. To look in that mirror and believe in who you see, then you may have to do what you've done and rethink that. Yes. So share a little bit about that switch, that time for you where you said, okay, I'm done. Did you get, can you remember that point in time in your career? Was there some, feedback you got? Was there a, a change in uh, how people experienced or engaged with you? Did you feel any at all? You said it was in your head, but I'm just wondering as you started to show up differently, how did you experience and how did people experience you? If you could share maybe that experience, maybe a story or two that you could yeah, share. Sure. So it was um, a corporate job um, that I had. Oh man. And I think I left in 2008. Um, okay. I took a buyout in 2008 okay. and I had an opportunity to really reflect and think about what I wanted next when I, in that period of not working. And so that's really when I decided as mm. other corporate positions started to come my way, I wasn't, I didn't get excited. It just felt like another. Uh. And so what I told myself is I wanted to start participating in my own life because I felt like a robot. That I was getting up, wow. I was doing, I was going to work, I was just doing, but I wasn't yeah. participating because Angela was not showing up. Showing up. Yeah, I the oh my person that I needed to be, or I thought I needed to be, was showing up, not Angela. And so I told myself I wanted to participate in my life, and that meant having a voice, being able to dress how I wanted to dress, uh, style my hair the way I wanted. Like I wanted to participate fully in my life. And yeah. so I sought out opportunities that would allow me to do that. And I wound up going to Legal Aid and Defender. So still practicing law, but Legal Aid and Defender is um, in Detroit. The CEO was an African-American female. Uh, Chief Counsel was an African-American female. And so I'm not suggesting that you have to be, you know, around people that look like you in order for you to authentically be yourself. That was my journey where, and I felt like as I'm taking this first step, it was a safe, way in place yeah. to take that first step. And so mm -hmm. um, being around people who understood me, got me, accepted me, looked like me, had some of the same um, hairstyles, made it more comfortable. And so once, you know, I took that step and saw that I could beat me, I could talk the way I wanted to talk, I could wear the clothes I want, and nobody judged me. I was still smart. I was still a good producer. Yeah, I still had results. Yeah. That then started because the self confidence, I just didn't get it overnight, right? It was that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
But that was the beginning of me being more self-confident in who I am and that I am. You know, people always say, you are enough. You are, but you really have to live that um, experience, that walk that journey to believe, I think. And so that was the beginning for me. And then as I, you know, continued to take positions and jobs outside of that, I had that experience. And then I had the corporate experience where I was buttoned up. I wasn't. And so what Mm -hmm. I knew, I still wasn't sure what I wanted, but I was very clear on what I didn't want. I did not want to go back to an environment uh, where I could not be myself, where I had to pretend because my thoughts were freer. Again, how I showed up was different. And so that was one uh, part of it for me. And then the self-confidence, what I, in hindsight, noticed is the more uh, self-confident I became, the more vocal I became with mm-hmm. diversity of thought, diversity of perspective. So in yeah. meetings or different projects, I was more confident and comfortable to speak up. And that different perspective in those rooms was like, oh my goodness, like, I, oh, wow. Not that I had the greatest idea, but I was always silent before. I took a back seat. And so, you know, the more self-confident I became, the more I spoke and the more I offered something different. Not that everything always went my way, but it allowed the conversation to be more rich, um, to look at things differently. And so that, I think, really was the beginning of my journey and path um, to higher levels of leadership. I found my self-confidence. I found my voice and I contributed in a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which highlighted and made you were already a high performer. And this is what I share with everyone, because a lot of times, you know, because we're always told you got to be better than be better than. Mm-hmm. Right. And we all so a lot of us are very high performers anyway, very talented performers. But the difference for you appear to be when you balance that because you were comfortable, because you were walking yeah. in your own skin and authenticity, then you balance that with the being part of it. Mm-hmm. So the, those are people, those of you, you know, listening, you know, I say this all the time, you know, the being is just as important as the doing. Yes. Yep, it is. Yep. As, yeah. And sometimes even more, even more so. So this is beautiful, Angela. And <laughs> I hate to say this, but every Tuesday, the time just flies by and I'm looking at the clock and we're about to roll this down. And it's such, this is such a critical topic. So I would love for those of you that are listening in, continue the conversation. You know, Angela, we follow each other. She'll see these comments. If you have any questions, any comments, any struggles that you're having as you're trying to find your voice and your authenticity and decide, do I need to code switch or how do I show up? How's best for me to show up? Which I think is beautiful how Angela put it. What works for you, what your boundaries are. Let's continue this conversation. So Angela, as we start to close uh, this session, are there, you gave the one tip about establishing boundaries. Is there anything else you'd like to add for the women that are listening in as recommended, you know, additional things they should consider on their journey to code switching or not. Yeah. And so one thing I will say for those that are not risk takers that may find it, you know, just um, uncomfortable to start, find someone in your organization, um, a mentor, somebody that you can talk to, um, to just bounce the ideas off of and say, Mm, because I I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, there's an ally, no matter what your organization looks like. If you're the only, there's an ally in your organization. I, I and so agree. 
oftentimes what I have found is that, you know, I'm a risk taker. So for me, it was just like, I'm taking a risk. It is what it is. Again, my boundaries, hindsight, (laughs) maybe that wasn't the best in some situations that I needed to understand my environment a little bit more because some people didn't really know how to take me. Some people didn't really know like, oh, where's this coming from? And it might've been a little like, whoa. So I think sometimes I went a little extra and I was a little overboard with it because I wanted to prove like, oh, I can uh, right? Yeah. That wasn't necessary. But what is acceptable and important in your environment? Every new place I went, I always found somebody in a safe place to say, look, I understand I'm not enunciating my words. You're going to see me change my hair maybe every month, every like... How, like, what is the environment? Like, how are people going to perceive that? Not that I'm going to change. I just want to know and understand. What's going to happen in the environment? Like, is this, like, how do I navigate this? I'm not going to change. I just need to kind of know and understand. And when I say it out loud, there's so many people that react and respond to like, really? Like, you're concerned about that? And then I talk about, yeah, the journey of the Black woman and our hair and our this and our that. And so what we know is that people comment about our hair, right? Whenever we change yeah. it or, you know, it was short yeah. today, it's down your back today. <laughs> You're, right. You're curious. Right. But, and I'm not going to say it's never happened. It's never happened to Angela. No one has ever said that's in, your hair is inappropriate. No one, Now, people have asked me questions about, is that real? Is that? But that's curiosity, right? It's not, you can be successful. You're not going to get promoted. You're not. And I think sometimes we internalize that, right? Mm. Because of things that we've heard. Again, that's never happened to me. And if it has happened to me, if I didn't get the job or I didn't get promoted or whatever, because of my hair, I don't know about it, right? And so I do know that is true. That happens. But if you haven't had that experience yourself, you have to assume positive intent and go with your experience. There you go. Go yes, with your yes. own experience and assume yes. positive intent. Yes. So yes. one, you know, understand yourself, know what your boundaries are, find a safe person, you know, to talk. And then if something comes up where someone has made you uncomfortable or go back to that person and say, hey, remember when we had that talk and I thought I could change my hair? Here's what somebody said to me. That safe space can help you navigate that mm-hmm. um, in your work or your office environment. Um, so I think that's important to have an ally because, again, most of that is in our heads. And again, whose yes. experience was yes. it was uh, created based off of history, things people have told me. And then our ancestors and our elders share story and wisdom with us so that we don't have to. Uh, go right. through what they went through. It doesn't mean that we will, right? It's like that caution sign, right? But it exactly. doesn't mean the deer is actually going to run across the road. It's just a caution. There may yes. be deer. And so I think what we do is we internalize, we own that that is going to happen um, yes. and we have no evidence of it actually happening. So I think it's also um, important for you to have a network of people that you can, you know, even outside of your work environment that you can talk through uh, things with. I know my girlfriends were super supportive of, you know, girl, you better, you know, wear that red lipstick. I love red lipstick. And I was in my head about, ah, is this enough too much for the office? Is that, and they encouraged me, girl, 
what's come, what you say out of those lips with the red lipstick on is not going to change <laughs> if you put on some new lipstick. You know, you're still going to be yeah. You're still going to say, where yeah. do you have yeah. lipstick, right? So that village, having a village yes. who are going to support you and encourage you definitely makes it easier. And it makes it, you know, you have a landing space um, mm. who are uncomfortable. And again, I would guess that you know when those situations happen where we question or doubt was it what i said how i showed up what that's probably not it probably was not has little to do with it yeah unless it's just very explicit that's probably not the reason and i often say you know when people jump first to i didn't get the job the promotion or whatever because of you know i'm black i'm brown or whatever it is is if you're not showing up your authentic self you're not showing up in your best self, number one. Bring in all of you, you are not your best, period, right? So start there. Some of the other stuff may, but can control what you can control, and that's showing up 100% your authentic self. Um, and again, if the environment does not allow for you to do that, you're in the wrong environment. Wrong environment. So spot on, Angela. So spot on. So spot on. We have to control what we can control yeah. and we can write the narrative. Yes. yes. We can write the narrative. Yeah. yeah. And nine times out of 10, I totally agree with you. Nine times out of 10, there is no ill intent in asking you the question about your hair. Not, yeah. yeah. There is no, or there is no ill intent. And as nine times, now there are those, there are those situations. Absolutely. Yeah. I just love this has been a phenomenal conversation. Yeah. I thank you so much. This was necessary. I know in my space, like I shared with you, it's a common topic and mm-hmm. people struggle with yep. it. And yep. a lot of it is because, oh my gosh, I won't be black enough or they think I'm white or that. I mean, all that's to your point you made earlier at the beginning of this, because of the crap that people mm-hmm. pour in and we allow yep. that to sit in with us, right? And we shouldn't. Yep. Thank you so much for your time today. You. Powerful, beautiful lady for sharing uh, the nuggets. So thank you for the impact you've had on my audience. I love that. And anyone else that's listening to this, please share your comments, share your challenges. We'd love to keep this dialogue going. So wherever you're catching these nuggets that Angela Chomp can shared with us, please make sure you take the time to assess yourself what pieces of her journey and recommendation works for you, beautiful. But most importantly, make sure you focus on what is necessary for you and for your journey and for your success. And don't let anyone else, don't let anyone else carve that, write that narrative, carve that space for you and try to fit you in it. As she said earlier, don't do that. Allow your true self, which is your best self to show up. Angela Tompkins, dear, thank you for your time. Thank you. So honored to have you. You take good care, everybody. We'll see you next week on Being Brown Live. Take care. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, I have so much more to offer you. Book a complimentary call with me at lindatalaferro.com slash free consultation so you can start unapologetically achieving your own professional goals as a woman of color and establish a presence as more than just an employee. Let's go deeper, 
reach your professional goals, and apply this life-changing work to your career and beyond so you can rock your corporate game and get that seat at the table. 